welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. prerequisite of of supernatural power, of moving in supernatural power, uh, is that we must understand and become convinced that it is actually our right, that it's our born-again birthright. When Jesus saved us, he saved us to do supernatural ministry. Uh, And so Jesus came fully man and fully God. He came fully man to show you and I what was possible when man was in right relationship with God. Now, we know Jesus had never sinned. Okay, so he was in right relationship with God. Fascinating scripture that he grew in favour with God and with man. That's a, I find that a fascinating scripture, that, that Jesus himself could grow in favour. Uh, with God as he continually positioned to receive and to understand what it was that the Father wanted him to do. Um, And so we look at the life of Jesus, and the life of Jesus was a life of signs, wonders, and miracles. It was uh, a life of seeing the supernatural break through into the natural. It was a life of seeing the storehouses of heaven made available to those people that he came into contact with. So Jesus went and he laid hands on the most, I think, I think it was the most communicable disease of the day. He would go in and he would lay his hands on lepers and he would see them completely recovered. And then he had an expectation on his disciples when he sent them out that they would do likewise. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I believe I am, and I believe I'm becoming one. It's both an event and it's a a process. And so I'm continually looking to push myself that if Jesus is my role model... If Jesus is the one who is training me, if Jesus is the one who has given absolutely everything that he can give for me, then I want to receive and operate in it as much as I possibly can. Over this coming year, I believe that there are some of you who have wanted to move in signs, you've wanted to pray for people and see them healed, and you are going to see it. Can you feel that in the atmosphere, right? Grab it. (laughs) Grab it. And so for us to move into the supernatural and to operate in it, we must become totally convinced and be constantly convincing ourselves, I've found, that it is our birthright. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says that I am the righteousness of God. The word righteousness, we could use that and we could translate as I am in right standing with God. When God looks at you and I, when we have accepted Christ, he sees the finished work of Jesus. He doesn't see the sin that may still be entangling us and wrestling with it. He sees the finished work of Jesus. That's a pretty good thought. So Jesus walked in right relationship with God, and then he put you and I in right relationship with God. Therefore, signs, wonders, miracles is our birthright. Yeah. 
Are you convinced? I hope so. We're, going, we're just going to keep we're just going to keep hammering um, this. And so, part part uh, week one of uh, of the course that we run deals with our identity, our sonship, or our daughtership, if you like. And, and we we we'll, we'll put up like eighteen different scriptures. It's, it, it, we'll get everyone involved and we'll just fill the board with 18 different scriptures that point clearly to what is our identity? Who are we in Christ? And I tell you what, when you see 18 scriptures on the board smacking you in the face, it starts to transform uh, your mind. So yeah, there we go. Um, you know, Jesus's ministry model was to go and he, was, he would come and find the hurting, the shunned, and he would bring them into relationship and he would meet their need. That's, that's the ministry that you and I have as well. Um, it was also a ministry that was marked by divine protection. Jesus did not go to the cross until the time was appointed. They could not even arrest him without him giving them permission. I talked about that last time, where they said, who is, who, who is Jesus? He said, I am he, and they all fell to the ground. He, he practically had to say, here, here, give me the handcuffs, I'll put them on myself. So it was supernatural, it was divine protection, it was healing. You know, I, I love the account of him getting to the edge of a cliff. The townsfolk take him to the edge of a cliff. And he just goes, well, that was fun. I'm going back that way. Their intent was to throw them off. How many feel like the devil has taken you to, oh man, I'm getting sidetracked. But I know this is gonna set some people free, so we gotta go down this rabbit hole. How many people feel like the enemy at this time has got an intent to take you to the edge of the cliff and throw you off? Put your hand on the heart right now. We're, as, a, as a church, we're gonna pray for you. Father, we take authority over the enemy's assignment and we break it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you get your hand on your heart. Why don't you just begin to laugh? Why don't you begin to laugh at what the devil's trying to do? You know, we've got a God who is omnipresent. I say in our course that it's like, you know, it, it, it's like the All Blacks going out to face the Little League team and only one of the Little League team turn up. That is the battle, okay? That is the battle. Our God is omnipresent. The devil can only be singularly present. In game, okay. Father, I, I just, I wanna, I wanna hit this again. Father, where anyone feels like the enemy has taken them to the edge of the cliff and is trying to throw them out. Father, I thank you for a revelation right now of them walking right through it with your hand holding theirs. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Yes. Come on. People, people being set free this morning is great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Uh, Ephesians 1, verse uh, 17 through to 19. Um, how many people know that? It's a great passage. How many people would honestly say Ephesians is their favorite book of the Bible? Man, I can just get lost in that. Simon's so, so, yeah. Is there anyone? There she is. It? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, cool. Okay, that's all right. I mean, the Gospels are pretty good. The Gospels are pretty good. Um, Leviticus is Mitch's definite. Yeah, he just spends hours in it. 
I love the I love the book of Ephesians. Um, you know, just the power messages that are in there. And he, we want to pull the scripture out, and we're just going to unpack it a, a little bit. I'm going to try and be very disciplined, which is very hard for me to do. Okay, if you've seen me preach before, I just I'm off. Okay, on rabbit trials. Um, Ephesians 1 verse 17 to 19. I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the full knowledge of him. I pray that your eyes would be enlightened that you may know the hope of his calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance, and his incomparably great power in the saints, or for, sorry, for those who believe. That power is like the mighty strength he exerted when he rose Christ from the dead, seating him above every rule, every authority, every power, and all dominion. As I look at that and I go, Paul's writing this to the Ephesians church. This was a primarily Gentile church. They were probably, I don't know, around about 30-odd years into post-Jesus's incredible act of defeating death. And so, you know, suddenly they find themselves into the, in the cool club. You know, it was the Jews and then the Gentiles. And so they are still looking to ascertain what is the fullness of what actually Jesus has bought for them. And Paul comes to them and he says, I pray that you would get a spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's really interesting, the wording there, he says he puts the Father in there, he puts the Son in there, and he puts the Spirit. Pray that you get a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge. Now, I look at it and I go, okay, I'm a believer that's, you know, I don't know, probably 30-odd years into this walk. And I'm like, okay, if there was a revelation there for them that Paul so wanted them to get, God, may I get it as well. And then he goes on to say, I, so I, how many people have had an encounter here where you know something in your head, but it falls from your head to your heart? I remember when I was saved at 16 years old, um, is someone just able to shut those back doors? I know we're probably, I just am getting so much light. Um, so even just one of them, if you can, thanks. Um, I walked in, I knew about Jesus, I knew what you had to do by, to be saved. I had grown up in my younger years in church. I'd driven my cars around, the, my matchbox cars around the floor of City New Life. So I knew. But when I stood there and I sung the first song, a revelation hit me of a God who loved me, who wanted relationship with me and thought that I was pretty good. He thought I was, a, I was a pretty good thing, which for me at 16 years old was a big deal because I was wrestling with some stuff. I'd been, I'd been in, in, in a place of hell. And the encounter, I can only describe it as falling to my heart, from my head to my heart. I remember when I had the encounter with the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. I knew about righteousness and right standing. I knew about grace, but something shifted from my head to my heart. And it's really interesting, the language that Paul uses here, as he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. 
How many people know that you don't have eyes in your heart? <laughs> this man's got it. <laughs> so I find that fascinating that he's saying, I pray that, that even if you know this in your head, that it's going to get in your heart. Because when something goes from your head and it becomes your heart, it's like it becomes a part of you. Why? Because your heart, if we think about our heart, it pumps blood through every part of our body, through this amazing artery and capillary system. So he's talking about, I pray that you would get something that would just totally transform you. I'm like, God, I want that. I want that. And then he goes on to say that the eyes of your heart may be entangled, that the hope of your, that you may know the hope of your calling. And I was, I, as I was wrestling with this again this week, God said, I'm, I'm wrestling through again, what is the hope of our calling? The hope of our calling is sonship or daughtership with Christ. That is why he came, so that we could be restored to total relationship with him. Our identity is a son or a daughter of the king of kings. So he's praying that we would receive that. Now, a hope of our calling, I believe, has another part in that we then get to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation, of seeing others also understand that they too, there's not a person on the face of this planet that is not a son or a daughter of Christ. That just Some of them are just yet to really get a revelation and receive that. So he's praying, I pray that you would get a revelation of this hope. I'm like, God, again, have I actually got that? Have I, is this still something that's in my head or is this in my heart? Because I want it to be in my heart because that's where it transforms me. And then he goes on to say, I pray that you may know the riches of your glorious inheritance. Where is it? It's in the saints. What has gotten into you? What has gotten into you? The glorious inheritance of the creator of the... I've got to get off the stage. The glorious inheritance. Sorry, live stream. I'm... I'm I just I feel like I gotta get down close here. The glorious inheritance of the miracle working power of God resides in you, the saints. Come on, receive it. Receive it. Receive that revelation of it. And then he goes on and he says, the incomparably great power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. We can jump over into Romans and, and we can tie this in together and there's a picture of the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you and I. This, <laughs> so so you, you gotta remember that, that one, of the, one of the things I believe that I'm here to do is to encourage you, us, as a body, to move in supernatural dimension. And so I want you to become so fully convinced as Paul was praying for the Ephesians that they would become fully convinced, not just a head thing, but a heart thing, so that when you go and pray for someone, you grab that bank 
of testimonies and you grab that bank of power, power scriptures that you can throw at anything that the enemy wants to bring right back at you. Now, let's unpack this. Because what are you saying? The incomparably great power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, let's think about a moment in history. If there was ever a moment in history where the full power, you know, if you had a powerometer for God's power, you know, I think forming planets is, you know, that's pretty much up there on the powerometer, I think. You know, forming galaxies. And we really just does it with a word. But if there was ever a peak in the powerometer, I would say that it was when Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. Why? Because there was so much opposition against that. You can bet your bottom dollar that the enemy did not want Jesus to rise. Because when he rose, he knew it was all over. All over, Red Rover, go home. So he exerted that power when he rose Jesus Christ from the dead. And he placed it within the saints. How can we look at somebody who is suffering from sickness and think that there is not enough power to be released for that person to be healed? How can we look at someone who has wrestled with addiction and think that there is not enough power for that person to be released? And the cool thing is that he, Paul is painting a picture for us that it is within us. What has gotten into us, the power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead has gotten into us. I'm, I'm camping here for a bit. I'm camping here for a bit. I, I'm, I, I'm not interested in a slick message this morning. I'm interested in something happening in here. Interested in something happening here. And so more than anything, I'm just looking for the Holy Spirit just to break through and release. I just, I feel like I just need to say this a few more times. But some of you like, yeah, I'm there, I'm there, there. There's going to come a breakthrough. Prepare it. Why don't you just even ask, God, I pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation right now. Just, just to yourself. Just pray for it right now. I pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, I want to get this, Lord. I want to get this. This is life-changing. This is transforming. This is planet-shaping. This is going to set my family free. This is going to release people from addictions. This is going to take people that I love into a whole new space and a whole new sphere. This is going to allow me to finally be able to go and lay hands on the sick and see them healed. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. A work of the Spirit. Not by my, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. By my Spirit. Come on, Lord. I'm just looking. Holy Spirit. Breaking through, breaking through, breaking through. Father, I take, a thaw, uh, I take a hold of every stronghold, every high thing, every pretension that tries to excel, exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ in this room right now, and I bring it into captivity and obedience of the name of Jesus. Where there's intellectual spirits that have tried to hold people captive, I break the power of them right now. I thank you, Father, that you made us mind, body, soul, spirit. Thank you for it breaking through right now. Breaking through, breaking through, breaking through, breaking through, breaking through. That you may know the hope of his calling.
that you may know the glorious riches of his inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power that rose Christ from the dead, seating him at the right hand in heavenly places far above every rule, far above every authority, far above every power and every dominion. It is the greatest power that there is in the universe living in you and I. That is what the Word of God says. Someone shout amen. Come on, someone shout amen. amen. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to hype you up. I don't want to amp you up. I just want you to get this revelation. <laughs> I believe people are going to go out today. You're going to go out, and this will not rest. This will not rest because God has set in motion a revelation through his spirit in the full knowledge of him. There's just been something really cool going on here this morning, something really cool. And I I just, I, I wonder if we're, it's going to be a few weeks before we see the real the real testimony of what's taken place. Some of you just going to go home. You're just going to camp in that scripture for a wee while. You're just going to say, God, I want to make that my prayer. Make that my prayer. Because, you know, I don't think there's a single one of you in here there right now doesn't want to see people set free. Would that be true? Would that be fair? Yeah. Let me just finish by, uh, by just giving that scripture again. I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, Holy Spirit move, Holy Spirit. Just, Mitch, you want to just come? I just feel like God's going to move as we just speak this truth again. I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the full knowledge of him. I pray that your eyes would be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance that resides within you, and the incomparably great power that rose Christ from the dead, seating him in heavenly places, far above every rule, every authority, every power, and every dimension. That is your inheritance. That is who you are a part of. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.